And now, two guys and a grill. The Barbecue Show with Stunt and Jake. Welcome to another edition of The Barbecue Show with Stunt and Jake. That is Stunt to my left, as always. Hey, hey, and Jake straight ahead to my right. Hey, you know, consistency is the key, my friends. It is the key. Um, special episode today. Well, they're all special in a way, but uh, this one's special because, <laughs> Stunt, I don't know if you were aware of this, but if you check the calendar, we're this close. This close. And it is only inching closer to the rest of the holidays here. Here's the thing I love about Thanksgiving, and maybe you can relate to this, is that Thanksgiving used to be like the traditionalist, the the traditional holiday of all of the traditional holidays. It was like you you, you didn't mess with uh, tradition and history uh, and family heritage. You, you did it the same way that gra- grandma did it and the great grandma before her did it, mm-hmm. and it was always the same. And Thanksgiving now, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's one of those holidays where things have changed. Like, you can just do anything it's now. It's got go a little crazy. more loose. Yeah. yeah, it really has. And I feel like, I think people are trying to build a lot more, a lot of more um, traditions around Christmas. And so I think that's changed. Not, not that Christmas has those, some of those old, maybe that's the age we're at, Jake. Maybe traditions just change in a little bit now, and that's what's happening. <sighs> but I feel like people are trying to create their own traditions around Christmas, and Thanksgiving's like in a transition period as well, where you're like, you know what? We don't got to do Thanksgiving turkey. We can do ham or we can do sliders or whatever. These damn kids today. Get off my lawn. <laughs> That's what it feels like. But no, it's true. And and the fun thing about the the change in tradition of Thanksgiving is that you can do different things. We, we started with the, uh, we well, here's how I'll go through the whole process for you. So it started with, uh, you know, pilgrims and Indians and corn and turkey. And then it became just turkey. And then we added uh, candied yams. Yeah. And then we added uh, cranberries. And then we added ham at some point, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, which is weird. And because ham is Easter. And then uh, we went to the turducken. <laughs> That's right. right. Yes. That was like the next big change. In, You're right. Well, I mean, aside from the 50s where we added casseroles and jello molds, the there's something about the green bean casserole, solid. But at any rate, we went, we went through a variation of stuffings. Some people do stuffing in the bird, which is where it got its name. Right. And some people do stuffing outside of the bird, which is fine also. Um, either way, it, it, it then they got weird though, right? Remember people, people put like oysters and yep. weird things in their stuff. I, I don't know. For me, not so much. Well, you know, what do that, you think? I, I would agree. I think I'd like to stick to more of the classic turkey. You don't need to add all the extra stuff in there. Right. Um, we spatchcocked a turkey last year for the yeah. show. Uh-huh. And I think I'm going to do that again this year. I'm not going back to stuffing a turkey or anything. I think you'd eat the stuffing on the side. You got your potatoes on the side, and you just got your turkey, and you have a turkey. Well, if you don't want a Griswold family Thanksgiving, <laughs> the uh, spatchcock is really a great way to go. It really, it really turned out fantastic. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and what's great about it is the fact that uh, you reduce your, you minimize your risk for error. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Because with a full bird that you put in the oven in a roaster, or uh, like we do ours in a roaster pan, like a yep. it sits off to the side on its own. Uh, just because we need the oven space, um, you're really you're. I don't want to say you're rolling dice, but you're kind of rolling dice, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I feel like it. Well, because it, you're, you're you've got a whole bird, you got bones, you got the whole thing in, in in stuffing and whatever inside. There's a there's a variation that you have to deal with and and learn to accept. Yeah, and when you spatchcock it, you eliminate a lot of that variation because the bird now has a more even equal thickness, mm-hmm. which makes it easier to gauge the time and the temp. 
And just so we can be clear on this one, I saw a new technique over the weekend. What? On Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. They called it a frog cut. And so they cut the turkey in a way that laid it out. So almost like it had two hind legs in the front. It's okay. almost it's like spatchcock. Yeah. But different. Really? Have you seen this? I have not. Go yeah. on. I'm trying to picture, I'm trying to picture it in my mind how it looked. I should have saved it, of course. And it, the, the, they kept the hind leg. I think they where we spatchcock, you cut it wide. Right. Here you cut it wide, but then you also cut it in the middle so it spreads out vertically, if that makes any sense. Okay. Okay. If you're following along with what I'm saying. Yeah. It was a really weird cut. Took up a lot of space on the grill, but the gentleman who was doing it swore by how much time it cut down an actual cook process because all the meat, all that much more meat was exposed directly to your heat. Hmm. And so instead of trying to cook through all those things, everything got done at a more evenly time. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but... um, Wouldn't that be better for smoking also? Because you have yeah, more, he was smoking it. It was a smoking sm- channel. Yeah, more smoke penetration. Yeah, yeah. Because if if you leave the bird hole, you're smoking from the outside in. Correct. If you spatchcock it or frog cock it, is that what it's, what's it called? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't say that again though. <laughs> I don't know. If the FCC shows up. Let me know. We'll <laughs> we'll sneak out the back door. Um, but if you did, you know, either way, what you've done is you've reduced your amount of well, you've increased your surface area. Right. But reduced your thickness of the right. fattest part of the meat, so or the body. Which means your smoke penetration should be deeper as well. And in general, we'll revert backwards a little bit here to a smoking 101, is that uh, time, temp, and smoke penetration are the two, the three things you're looking for when you're, right. when you're smoking anything. And so if you take your giant uh, turkey, which is probably larger than a bowling ball, you're right. more like a watermelon. Right. What's, I mean, what's the average weight for a turkey this year? It seems like, is it 15, 12, 12, 5, 12 to 12, 15? Yeah. I would think, I mean, 12 pound turkey is going to feed like you and your hubby. Yeah. You know, 15 pound turkey, you could let the dog have a couple nibbles. <laughs> if you, you're feeding a family, you got to go up to that 26 pound right away. Okay. No, that might be a little extreme. But And at that point, I would buy two turkeys. Oh, yeah, that's true. Just buy two two 12 pounders or whatever. Right. And there's, but anyway. There's, but yeah, but you see my point is that when you have this large thing, because the smoke only penetrates the outside areas. Yes. So if you re, if you increase your surface area, you increase your smoke. Right. So if, and again, I, I always say um, just because you can do something doesn't make it a good idea. And I think th- sometimes we over smoke things just because, you know, oh, look at me, I have tools and fire. <laughs> And, and I think that could be, I think sometimes that can be uh, a problem. And and I don't want to sound, uh, 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 what's the word, misogynistic or, uh, you know, I, I don't want to spin this the wrong direction, but I think a lot of times we smoke stuff and we just smoke the heck out of right. it. Right. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And then, and your buddies eat it and they're like, oh yeah, I could taste all that smoke in there and that's amazing. And realistically, you know, when you're eating it, you're like, eh, it's too much smoke. There's a little too much smoke yeah. in here, but you know what the guy did to make it that smoky. And so you appreciate the process and sometimes you lose sight of the finished product. Yeah, I agree with that. Isn't that true? Yeah. And so I think it's important, especially with a turkey, because a turkey is such a, a delicate meat. Right. Which a lot of poultries are. Uh, smoking is great, but if you over smoke any poultry, especially, um, the smoke can overpower the flavor of the meat. Yeah. Uh, we had um, chicken at a restaurant in Rochester over the weekend, last weekend that is. And um, it was, uh, girl, I didn't mind it, but girlfriend immediately was like, nope, this is all way too much smoke. She immediately right. said exactly what we're talking about. Just it was too much smoke. It took away from the actual flavor of the meat, in her opinion. 
and she wasn't happy with it. Well, so. and and, I, and again, I don't want to sound uh, I don't want to sound you know like a small townish and old timer, but that's a guy thing, I think, to an extent. Yeah, like I would agree. And I think you know, like 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 oh, my car can go eighty. Well, my car can go two hundred and fifty, and that's better. <laughs> yeah, if you're you know in a race. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but not every meal's a race. Right. Sometimes you want to have those. Especially with a turkey, because with a turkey, there, there, there's such a delicate flavor complexity to, you know, the difference between the white meat and the dark meat. And if you just smoke the heck out of all of it, it all tastes the same and you lose that complexity. Right. And, I agree with you. Yeah, I think that's important. And so you want to make sure that uh, whatever you do with your turkey, you're finding the best way to do it. Right. Right. For and, sure. And there's so many ways to do it now that everybody's a, everybody's attempting and trying. I think it's really yeah. exciting. We can talk about that in a little bit, but... Um, finding your method you're going to go with and then just owning that method. Exactly. And knowing that we talk about this all the time. We're talking about a big holiday here. So you don't need to get crazy. You don't need to experiment and make it fancy. You need the basics to work. And that's all. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up and we'll get into that in a few minutes when we come back from the break here in a, in a bit, because that's one of the things I think that uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas are two holidays where if you're using your grill and your smoker, you can go a little bit crazy if you do it right. Okay. And what I mean by that is like, we talk about it all the time. Like, Oh, Hey, it's labor day. It's Memorial day. It's 4th of July. Now is not the time to experiment with some incredibly obscenely fancy event because you need to enjoy the holiday right. with your friends and your family and, and be on the lake or the water or whatever. Um, I think Thanksgiving is one of those where you can go a little bit crazy if you've done your homework. Oh, all right. So we'll talk about that in a little bit when we come back. What else uh, as we get into uh, segment one here? What have, you, what have you been up to? Have you been smoking something? Uh, <laughs> what, have you um, been, what have you been smoking, son? Well, we had chili for the weekend here. I've been making chili for a oh, chili fest. Right, so chili fest. The brisket chili, we'll find out. We'll post on social media after the results come in, if we got a W or not. Okay. Big win, hopefully, for People's Choice again, maybe. Yeah. Uh, third place trophy last year from the judges, so we'll see what happens. So I got to ask, yeah. um, now you do uh, smoked brisket brisket chili, right? Yes. And what I'm curious about, and this is again, the opposite of what we just discussed, uh, which is sometimes you can do too much smoke, but I'm curious, have you ever smoked the chili, not just the brisket? Uh, yes. Um, I did not do it this time because it's based on timing. I mean, how much time you got to do it. Right. But, um, I did do it once. Did just had a Dutch oven, let it simmer in there like you would a crock pot. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of a waste of letting the pellet smoker run all day. I feel like a little bit. But just let it sit in there and just go in there and stir it up to get that smoke on covering the top of that every, you know, 20, 30 minutes and just keep on stirring. And is is that something that like, you know, when I think of smoking a chili, I wouldn't think immediately of doing it on a pellet. I would think of doing it more on a like an offset or a stick smoker. Right. Um, well, I didn't have one of those at the time. I understand. But you could do it either way. But now do you, when you do it on your pellet or either way, do you leave it uncovered and stir occasionally? Yeah, it's uncovered in the, say, in yeah, the right. smoker. Yep. Yeah, because you got to get the smoke into the yes. chili, obviously. Yep. And do you have a preference? Um, honestly, I would love to try that again. Okay. Uh, it's, I'm not against that method. Um, it'd just be a matter of doing it again. And I mean, like I said, doing it for a competition, would I have to have six, uh, six gallons? Is that right? It's a lot. Maybe it wasn't six gallons. Whatever I cooked, six it, gallons it was a lot. Six gallons full, would be like an appetizer. Twelve a, <laughs> gallons would be a full meal. <laughs> it was a full roaster. That's what I know for sure. Okay. And I don't remember what I. It's early last week. I did this here earlier in the week. I should say I did all the prep work. But um, at the end of the day, it was. It, it just it's a lot of work. So you're okay. smoking all that. Right. I probably can't come to work one of the days. 
Sure. Well, and, and we would understand. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll do that. Yeah. And here's my question. And one of the reasons I bring it up is that uh, if you're going to uh, smoke the chili, not just the brisket, are we back to what we just talked about a few moments ago? Are we over smoking something? Are we now infusing smoke into the entire chili rather than just having a smoky bit in the chili? Right. I feel like no, because the chili's got a lot of surface area. <laughs> <laughs> chili's got a lot of surface area to cover. Right. And I don't think the brisket that I smoked already makes it that smoky in the first place. Now, let me ask you this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something, and I want you to understand. I'm asking this from a standpoint of... Um, uh, information and experiment. Oh boy! And 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 just uh, uh, wonderment. Okay. Would you ever consider a liquid smoke in the chili? N- I don't like the flavor of liquid smoke, and I'm not you're supposed to be able to taste it in the first place. But right. I would say no. Okay. Um, I've added. I've made my own barbecue sauces and stuff. And I use liquid smoke for that, and I feel like I can immediately taste that fake smoke flavor. I agree. I agree. And I, but I've, I've used personally, I've used liquid smoke in applications, excuse me, um, that are slightly different. And that's why I'm wondering if like, if you put a a couple, a couple drops of liquid smoke, like say in a chili and then brought it to a boil where that, could you cook down that liquid smoky flavor flavor enough to give a hint of smoky without doing it the other way. And I'm not a fan of liquid smoke at all. And right. I want to preface that right away by saying it's not my favorite go-to. Now I used to back in the day before I got into the, the patio cooking, uh, I used to do ribs a lot in the most horrific way you can imagine, <laughs> which is why I would put them on a, a, a on like a roaster. Have yeah. you seen those roasters? They have like the big V rack yep. where you put the roast on it and then you have the big tray underneath it. And I would take all of my seasoning for the ribs and I would put them in a liquid form underneath with a lot of apple cider vinegar and, let it just and get, liquid oh, smoke. What do you, what'd you call that? Uh, basically, yeah. yeah. And, and it was, it, it was all that stuff. And I would mix it all up and I would still do whole cloves of car- garlic and I would still do uh, big chunks of onion. Wow. And I would still do all that stuff. And, but I would, it would be in a, like a liquid juicy thing in the pan. And then I would tent the entire apparatus with tinfoil and then let it bake in the oven. So all of that, liquid underneath would, you know, bubble and cook and then seep up into the ribs. And they were delicious. The problem was, is they were a mess. I mean, an absolute mess. Because when you're done, you have to now, you have to have like the balance of a trapeze artist (laughs) to get this apparatus out of the oven and then dump everything down the sink. And uh, it was just, it was just a a lot. It was a mess. It really was. But my point is, is that I would always put a little bit of liquid smoke in there. And because of the way I did it, you would get a little bit of that smoky hint, but it wouldn't taste like liquid smoke. Right. It would just add a little bit of it. Not the same as a real smoke, though. I, I still think there's a definite difference between the two. Yeah. You think I'm wrong? No, I agree. Or, I think I'm, I think real I, I think real smoke has a weird fake flavor to it. There's something to it. Liquid smoke, you mean? That's well, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you said real smoke. Oh, but sorry. Yeah. yeah, liquid smoke has a has a okay. fake flavor too. I think, and I think real smoke is worth the effort. It's like it's like when you're making chocolate chip cookies, you use real butter. You don't use margarine. You use real stuff because that's just. just I thought you were ex- gonna say you use real chocolate chips. <laughs> I use real chocolate chips. <laughs> the ones the, found in nature. Uh, not them fake chocolate chips. Those <laughs> things are terrible. No, I think it's worth using the real stuff whenever you can. No, I agree, and I'm just. But I also understand there are people that have um, differences, or they're trying to. I, I don't say cut a corner, but. Make it easier, make it faster, yeah. make it a little more user friendly. I guess right. would be the word. So, 
All right, that's a good that's a good point. So, uh, what did you do last weekend besides make chili? Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think. I think that was oh that, and we were cutting down trees. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, and, yeah, you uh, were. My brother in law's Christmas tree farm, and then that's when we stopped in Rochester on the way back. So, that was a pretty nice little time to just stop and eat somebody else's barbecue. Yes. Uh, what did I do last week? Oh, we did uh, we did like a um, we did steaks and we did some stir fry on the flat top. We did the steaks on the flat top also with lots of butter. Lots <laughs> of butter. It was delicious. Um, we did five strips and a giant sirloin we got from Dick's down at uh, Good Thunder. Dick's okay. locker down there. Delicious. Uh, it was one of those events where there was a, it's probably 12 of us on the patio. And I didn't sit down for a formal meal because I'd eaten so much while I was grilling and trimming and <laughs> yes. and cutting and preparing for everyone else. I, everybody else sat down to eat, and I was like, oh, I'm full. I think I'm good. We did smashed potatoes. You ever do smashed uh, potatoes? Yes. How phenomenal are those if you do it right? I'll tell you, we used to do smashed potatoes back in the day um, in the oven, and we would just put them on a cookie sheet with tinfoil and then throw them back in the oven. Doing them on the flat top just adds a whole extra dynamic to them that is so much better. Uh, and if you're not familiar, you boil your potatoes whole. Uh, reds are great. You can use baby reds or a midsize red, I think, are the best. Yeah. Uh, but any potato will work. You boil them, um, not quite to ready, and then you take them and you you put uh, a handful of them on the grill at a time, and then you smash them just till they're about three-quarters of an inch to an inch thick. Yep. And then you cover them with a layer of uh, kosher salt, bacon bits, and cheese. Delicious. <laughs> Let them crisp up, <laughs> and then uh, and then you just slide them off and you eat them, and they're delicious because the bottom gets nice and crispy. Yep. You get the cheese all melty. You get the bacon bits all melty. Uh, oh, phenomenal. So good. That sounds really good. Yeah, they're. It's been uh, all since I've done them again. I should do that. Yeah, they are. They are delicious. So uh, anyway, we're gonna talk a little turkey. Let's talk turkey. More turkey. Gobble gobble. All that good stuff. Uh, we'll do that when we return. On the Barbecue Show. You're listening to The Barbecue Show, and we'll be right back with more. Welcome back to The Barbecue Show with Stunt and Jake. Welcome back to The Barbecue Show with Stunt and Jake. I am Jake. I'm Stunt. Hey, thanks for the intro. It's nice. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, it's Thanksgiving, or it's about to be Thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to talk a little turkey. Wow. I got, you turkey I can, hunter? I can talk to the turkeys. <laughs> I can talk turkey, I can talk jive, and I can talk sarcasm. There it is. Wow, you are bilingual, or is that trilingual? I know all the romance languages. There you go. That's what I know. Uh, all right, first and foremost, number one, and I feel like this is so redundant, but it, it needs to be said. It needs to be said again and again and again. If you are cooking a whole turkey, it's in your freezer. You need 48 hours minimum to defrost said bird. And if you don't defrost enough, you're going to run into problems. Yeah. It's not like a steak or a burger. It's got to be defrosted. If you got like a 16 to 20 pound turkey, it needs to be out of the out of the freezer now, like this weekend. Right. Uh, if you got one that's a little bit less, anything between, well, we'll say 5 to 12, 15, mm-hmm. you need to be taking, thinking about late Sunday, Monday. It needs to be out so you're ready to go Thanksgiving Day. If your turkey is 5 to 10, if your turkey's 10 pounds or less, you could, should consider some friends. <laughs> We are available. I'm just saying because your bird's too small, but uh, and that's a valid point because I th- a lot of people make mistakes where they they don't defrost the turkey in time and it doesn't get fully defrosted. And here's the most important reason: you can still cook the turkey and it will turn out okay-ish. Right. However, if you're doing it right, you're probably brining, 
a frozen turkey will not accept brine like a thawed turkey will. And that is very, very important. The reason you brine a turkey is so that it, it has time for all of that salty flavored goodness to absorb into the meat. It, frozen meat will not absorb salty flavored goodness. Correct. And why do they call it brine? They should just call it salty flavored goodness. I don't know why they don't. I mean, geez, it's so easy to say. You know what? I'm going to call somebody right now. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Dial somebody up. Who are you going to call for that? Butterball? Can you call the Butterball? Uh, I think the Butterball hotline still exists. Yeah, they do actually for another year, but um, that's oh, beside really? the point. <clears throat> all right. Lots of different ways you can do your bird. And there are, um, you know, we all think back to when we talked about this at the beginning of the show, how Thanksgiving is one of those traditional holidays where we do things traditionally. Correct. Traditionally, grandma got up at like four in the morning to get the <laughs> bird started so we could all eat at noon or whenever uh, because it took hours and hours and hours right. to cook your bird. Now, you can go low and slow in the oven or in a roaster pan uh, and let it go for several hours and have a beautiful bird that turns out great. Um, one of my favorites is the, uh, we call it the Alton Brown recipe, okay, which is the opposite. Kind of like how you do a prime rib where you put it in the oven for 500 degrees. For I think it's five to eight minutes per pound, and then you kill the heat, and then you let it go without opening the oven. Duct tape that thing shut. Don't let anybody <laughs> touch it. And then you let it come down until the bird hits the temp internally that you want. And that's how you get that super, super crispy, flaky outside right. skin. Um, now, forewarn, if you have an old oven... Like the the first year we did that, uh, my wife and I, for her family, because we host Thanksgiving ever since we bought our house in 2006. And when we originally bought that house, it had a little tiny wall oven that it was installed in 1958. Nice. Okay. The bird would barely fit in there. Um, but the oven was so old that when we cooked it at 500 degrees, it wouldn't seal well. So it would smoke because the bird's going to smoke and all the oils and, and stuff you rubbed on the bird is going to smoke. Right. And that smoke would roll out through the seams of the oven door oh, no. into the kitchen. And it was horrific. However, the bird always turned out phenomenally. And uh, it's one of those things where you're, it's kind of like a reverse here. You're doing, you're doing it high and fast early and then letting it slowly come to temp internally. Uh, and that's definitely a way to go. Yeah. But smoking, I think, stunt is the is just the thing that most people are starting to do more and more and more. We, I mean, we lived through the the deep fry stage. Yes, we, where, most of us did. Yeah. Yeah. So we lost a few friends and a few garages, but <laughs> um, and I think people have kind of gotten away from that. Uh, the the I will say this: the deep fried turkey is delicious if it's done right. Yeah. And that's another example of if you're bird is not completely thawed, and I mean completely thawed, you're going to have a heck of a problem. I think it's best to deep fry parts of the turkey. Like, you, you've you already done already carving. I know nobody does it. They stick a whole bird in there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something to be said about just deep frying the thighs, deep frying the breasts in there. You know, if you, if you, if you carved it all apart. Mm-hmm. Maybe just me talking. No, that's beautiful. That's a great idea. It cuts down your time. And <laughs> Welcome to the barbecue show, folks. <laughs> we have the best ideas ever. But no, and, and, and I'm not against deep frying, but but smoking has gotten more and more popular. Yes. Um, the, the key to smoking is, again, um, time and temp. There's no magic rule of if your bird is 18 pounds, it's going to take X amount of hours. You're going to have to monitor your temperature. You're right. going to have to monitor your smoke. Um, and remember that the bird needs to be fully defrosted. Uh, you still want to brine, right? Right. If you're smoking, yes. You still. I, I just. If you're not brining your turkey, I, I really need to. You need to rethink a lot of life choices. I would agree. Our friend Pat is injecting his turkey. Actually, though, he asked me about brining or injecting. injecting I said, "Well, you do either one. 
He's like, well, I bought this injector a while ago. I'm going to start injecting. So he's injecting this weekend. Injecting's not terrible. And we or know next lo- weekend, whatever. We know a lot of barbecue competition guys that do a lot of injecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the reason I have a problem with injecting. And it's not that it has nothing to do with flavor. It has to do with uh, jamming large bore holes into the meat <laughs> where juices and flavor can escape. Well, you and I are in the same agreement on that one. I feel like you're just causing more opportunities for the juice to leave. Right. And anytime you lose juice, you lose flavor, you lose tenderness, uh, you lose moisture. And also, you create possibilities for flare-ups. Yep. And when you get flare-ups, you get hot spots. And when you get hot spots, you get burned and overcooked. That's right. That's it. I think we've settled. The show's over. Yeah. I mean, we'll be fundraising to run for office in your neighborhood before you know it. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more things we can discuss. If you're still thinking about how you should make your turkey, you can definitely shoot us a message. Ask the barbecue show. It's bbqshow at gmail.com. You can ask us some if you want some tips. Or I actually have a few things posting on our Facebook page here in the next few days. Um, that way you can take a look at that as well. With that, I would say experiment and have fun. I'll go fire that thing out. <laughs> <laughs>